Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arp Excellence of Root Space Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And if you want to cut to the very, very quick of things, tonight, the full season squads lost three of four and the parent club lost three of four, but you already knew that. I'm going to start with the parent club. Actually, I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Um, my question for the night was Adrian Sampson. Is he worthy of a 40-man roster spot? Is he worthy of a 40-man roster spot? After one inning, I had somebody on a Facebook group. This guy sucks. He's terrible. Yeah, I had to go back a couple times. Yeah, 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 he's terrible. He's terrible. Only kept the team in contention against the contender. Yeah, let's let's tie him up in a potato sack, you know, tie around both ends and chuck him into like quicksand or something like that. After all, he's completely worthless. Gave up two runs against the Reds. Adrian Sampson, I I don't think anybody learned a damn thing tonight. Uh, Arguably the most important at bat as far as from a player development standpoint was possibly his at bat against Nick Castellanos in the fifth. Two outs, one on. I could have left him. I could have taken him out. Either one, left him in. There's a lot, lot of hard contact against him, so that's not necessarily a good thing, but he got out. He got out. Two runs, five innings against Cincinnati. Not bad. The first inning was horrible. After that, he was really good. Is he worth a 40-man roster spot? That's the question. That's the question with, frankly, it's the question with all of, with about all of them. And as we continue, let me see, let me see. I think I got it. Yeah, there we go. Um, Trevor McGill and Michael Rucker both did rather well. Uh, Manny Rodriguez got into a bit of trouble, but uh, gave up a run. I think it was Rodriguez that gave up the run. But I don't think there's any concern on Manny Rodriguez, at least from people that are sane, in Manny Rodriguez getting non-tendered in the offseason. Um, the Ian Happ discussions continue. Um, he's up to 3.2 um, value on fan graphs. That was coming into tonight. So I'm guessing might go up today. Um, yeah, Ian Happ, it's, one can make an argument for not keeping him around, but usually that's going to be tied with a whole bunch of other assumptions, presumptions, um, on the side of the paperwork that I don't agree with. You know, for instance, if you are assuming that the Cubs ought to spend $160 million and go out and get four major free agents, da, 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 then you don't keep Ian Happ. But if you're realizing 2022 isn't really that big, big of a priority, there's going to be some Jack Peterson contracts, you want to hang on to Ian Happ. You want to hang on to Ian Happ. He might not be worth $6 million, but he's been really good recently. Um... Tough to argue that. Rafael Ortega, I want to stay. I want to stay. Let's get to the minor leagues. Um, AAA, 
not a particularly pretty anything. Luis Lugo, five innings, six hits, four runs, four earned, three walks, five strikeouts, two home runs. Dakota Meccas, the funniest moment of the night was Dakota Meccas facing Zach Short. Dakota Meccas and Zach Short have a podcast that they do together. It was really amusing watching two besties going at each other. And Zach Short hit an absolute home run bomb to the second baseman. Just an absolute loop job to the second baseman. And I'm sure they will be going back and forth about that for a while. Um, one inning, one strikeout for Dakota Mekas. Um Reasonably good outing. Um, assess, you know, just assess further. Uh, Blake Whitney. I'm not quite sure why he's in AAA, but I guess they need somebody to finish innings. Two innings pitched, one hit, two walks. Is that a five strikeout or a three strikeout? Uh, either way, uh, he's not going to be in the major leagues this year. He'll probably be in like about Tennessee next year. But hey, he's getting some uh, advanced minor leagues innings. Great, cool, challenge him. And Anuris Rosario who went from Iowa in one outing down to Mesa, and then Mesa back to Iowa. Two innings, four runs, four earned, two walks, one strikeout, one grand slam to one of the moderate prospects in the Tigers pipeline. Not a whole lot to brag about. Eight to two loss. Trace Thompson, a walk and a single. Greg Dykeman, a double. Tyler Ladendorf. A two-run home run, and that was about it. Tennessee, as bad as the Iowa game sounded, Tennessee was worse. Joe Nahas, four and two-thirds, ten hits, nine runs, six earned. One one walk, one strikeout, two home runs. And it didn't get a whole lot better from there. Um, Yuri Ramos, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, one strikeout which finished the eighth inning, and then a position player pitched the ninth. Harrison Wenson, two for three with an RBI. Christopher Morrell, a double in two tries with, a double in four tries with a run scored. Tennessee loses 14 to one. Again, not fantastic. Bailey Horn is becoming a bit fascinating to me. Um, He's one... There are allegations, there are contentions, there are rumors, there are discussions. I got nothing behind any of them. I can't prove a damn thing. However, it's alleged that the White Sox talent development system for various and sundry different sorts of players probably isn't ideal. The best evidence I have for that is, what was it, Carson Fulmer? Didn't work out very well. Carlos Rodon didn't work out well until he finally figured it out and got healthy, and then he did, then he was good. And um, Garrett Crochet, they just kept him out of the minors. They don't know. We don't want you to even be there for whatever reason. We don't want you to go to the minor leagues and 
pitch in advanced A and double A and triple A and learn how to throw your slider and your change up and we know would just just pitch here. Bailey Horn needs to pitch. 2020, he came out of Auburn. I think he pitched like about 30 innings in college. Injuries, injury, you know, play a little, get hurt, uh, miss the entire year, come back, miss a bit of time, pitch a little, get hurt. Uh, he, he just couldn't get solid reps. He just couldn't pitch enough. And he got to got drafted in 2020, and of course, there was no baseball. No baseball, no minor leagues, nowhere for him to go to. So he starts off with the <laughs> Canapolis Cannonballers in Huawei, and they like lose their, they're horrible. They're just, they're just horrible. I don't know what the deal is there entirely, but they're just horrible. Then he got promoted to whatever their A-ball, t- advanced A-ball team is. I don't even know who it is. Then got traded to the Cubs. And now with the Cubs, the Cubs are, okay, we want you to toss all of your pitches. He's a fastball slider, curveball change guy. There are times his curve is absolutely tantalizing, especially since hitters are generally sitting on his 95 to 97 mile an hour fastball. He is often very, um, he's very swing and miss. He's very swing and miss. But when he's not swing and miss, the ball goes very far. So he has a whole lot of development to do, which is absolutely fine. He's being used as a starter right now. He's not a starter. He's being used as a starter. When he gets to the major leagues, if he ever gets to the major leagues, he will not be a starter. But teams, the Cubs are using him as a starter because... Go out there, pitch pitch five or six innings. Use all your damn pitches. Use them all. Use them all. See how they're working. Work on them all. Try to get them all better. Because in a couple years, we're going to want to try to decide which are your two best pitches. Because if he's a clo- if he's a leverage reliever, lefty leverage reliever throwing 97, 98, 99 out of the bullpen, you're going to want to know which his two best pitches are. You're going to want to know his two best pitches are. And the best way to do that is have him pitch quite a bit in the minor leagues, develop everything, and when it's time for him to be up in the upper minors, when it's time for him to get called up to the major leagues, then the Cubs get to decide, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is what we're going to go with. And we're going to get you into the pitch lab as often as possible. As opposed to the White Sox, who, Garrett Crochet, we're not going to let you pitch in minor leagues. Balmer, we're going to rush you as quickly as possible and prevent you from getting any realistic time to develop any of your secondary or tertiary pitches. Just nothing. I like the way the Cubs are doing it. Um, Bailey Horn, I'm, um, he has a four-pitch mix. He's going to make people look silly, and people are going to make him look terrible when they time him up on whichever pitch it is because he can get timed up. Whichever pitch it is, and he gives up home runs. His last outing, he gave up three home runs. Today, he gave up one that was really long. And his official line, four hits, no, four innings, four hits, three runs, two earned, 
three walks, four strikeouts, one home run. He's getting innings. He's getting innings, which is the goal. Next year, Bailey Horn, Tennessee. Should be. Might be in Myrtle Beach to start with, but he should be in Tennessee for at least most of the year. And he should be starting, working on all four of his pitches, so he continues to work. Which is why Bailey Horn needs to work on his pitches. A lot of pitchers need to work on their pitches. Which is why it really sucks that the entire level of the minor leagues got eliminated. Because all those pitchers that could be pitching in short season ball, right now, tonight, Eugene Emerald's game. Guys that could be working at, nope, sorry, we're not going to allow you to have any more than 180 players. You can only have four teams plus one or two in the Arizona or Florida League. Um, one or two in the DSL. Absolutely absurd. Pitchers like Bailey Horn need work. Jose Albertos, two innings, one hit, three strikeouts. Rather a good outing from Albertos. Wasn't ideal. It wasn't quite perfect, but it was very good. Hunter Biggie, his, um, <coughs> his pitching line is a bit... I'm going to say deceptive. Two-thirds of an inning. Two hits, two runs, two runs, one walk, two strikeouts. There was, a, there was a lot of good there. There's just too much bad. There's just too much. He just missed the corner there. He just missed the corner there. And there's just, just a little bit too much bad. And he, had to, and he got timed up a couple of times. Hunter Biggie needs to pitch. Hunter Biggie needs to pitch. Uh, I, I, he's one of my people on my list for this guy probably really ought to go over to Australia. Bailey Reed came in and Bailey Reed got smacked about a bit on the offensive side. I, 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 I so enjoy the South Bend offense because they have so many guys who are going to generally put up some kind of interesting numbers. Luis Vasquez, one for four, run scored two RBIs. Johendrick Piango, 2 for 5. Tyler Derna, 2 for 5, RBI. Bryce Ball, 1 for 3, run scored, RBI. No, 1 for 3, run scored, walk, of course. Jonathan Perlaza, 1 for 4, run scored, 2 RBIs. Pablo, Pablo Aliendo, 2 for 4, 1 run scored. And Bryce Windham, 1 for 3, 1 run scored, 1 walk. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys make the seven guys make the board. Team lost eleven to five, but it's fine. It, it's it's absolutely fine. Biggest problem was I think the the South Bend made five errors, and they got me to turn the game off. They honestly got me to turn the game off, not because it wasn't close, but because it wasn't close, and they had started to play bad baseball, and I really didn't want to listen anymore. So I had something else I chose to do. Then I checked back later, and about. 15 minutes later, the game was over, and it was all good. Myrtle Beach, the one team I haven't talked about. Myrtle Beach, the one team that won. They were playing the Charleston River Dogs, who, if I was going to bet on which team was going to win, Myrtle Beach wouldn't have been that team. Richard Gallardo, five innings pitched, three hits, two runs, one earned, two walks, four strikeouts against Charleston, who's fantastic. My lesson of the night, my lesson of the night is Riley Martin. 
Riley Martin was a, what was it, six-round draft pick signed for a $1,000 bonus. Part of the reason he was signed was because he signed for a $1,000 bonus. Part of the reason was because he has an absolute sick breaking ball and the Cubs think they can develop him. So right now he is in Myrtle Beach and Richard Gallardo had pitched and Myrtle Beach was up 8-2 to two after 5. Time to bring in Riley Martin, see how long he can last because that's with, with the major leagues, with the major leagues, you're leaving in a pitcher until you absolutely have to take him out because, oh no, we might lose the game. Because, oh no, we might lose the game is the worst thing in the universe. With the minor leagues, that's not the mindset. You want Riley Martin to get in, work on some stuff, work on his different pitches, get extended, get his arm used to pitching in low A ball, Hopefully next year he will be to high A ball. Inning and a third, five hits, four runs, four earned, no walks, two strikeouts, two home runs. Not a good outing, but it was, it's a learning experience. So much of the minor leagues is, it's a learning experience. And tonight for Riley Martin, it was most definitely a learning experience. Jared Wright came in late out of the be- late out of the bullpen. Speaking of players who I think ought to pitch in the Australian League over the offseason. Two and two-thirds innings, one hit, nothing, 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 nothing. Two strikeouts, third save of the year. Myrtle Beach wins eight to six. Kevin Made, two for five, two runs scored. Grand slam, four RBIs. Christian Franklin, one for three, two runs scored, one RBI two walks. Jordan Wogu, three for five. Owen Casey, one for four. One run scored, two runs driven in with a walk. Felix Stevens in his first full season league game, one for five. RBI. Fabian Fabian Pertuz, one for two. Run scored, two walks. Very nice offensive night against a very good team. And the pitcher who they cuffed around, I think I I saw somebody saying something about uh, Myrtle Beach scored more runs against him tonight than he's given up in any but one month. Yeah, they thumped a good pitcher tonight. So much of the pipeline is about learning experiences. Going to send a guy out. Is he going to fail? Is he going to um, shrink back or is he going to step up? Is he going to get the job done? And you want to see how well the player will do. I'm having so much of a hard time, so much of a hard time with people on Twitter, on Facebook, on, on blogs, on whatever. People are very happy to tell you what's already happened. Yes, I can tell you with absolute certainty, absolute clarity that this thing happened five days ago or this hitter has a batting average or an OPS of whatever or this pitcher and I'm really realizing how I don't give a damn about yesterday I really you know note it jot it down mention it all the numbers count the same 
But what matters is next week. What matters is next month. And realistically, when you're talking about pitchers like... Um, Michael Rucker or Trevor McGill or Dylan Maples or any of them. What happened before is entirely incidental, especially for Trevor McGill and Michael Rucker. They could end this season with seven and a half ERAs, and that doesn't have any bearing on whether they should have a 40-man roster spot or not. The question is, how is this guy going to do next year and the year after? Next year and the year after. People are so confident, so cocky about, well, this guy hit 274 last year and he had 117 RBIs. So because of that, he's good and he should get paid a whole lot of money. Or he should be the guy that the Cubs should sign, or he, what, whatever, whatever. I don't care about last year. What's he going to do next year? And if you can't tell me with a degree of confidence, well, here's what I think he kind of sort of might do. So that's kind of what I'm basing things on. Ian Hap. He should cost the Cubs. In 2022, somewhere in the range of six million, maybe seven. That's it. It's not going to be 19 million. It's not going to be 14 million. It's going to be in the range of six, seven million. So basically, if he has a one win above season, which he ought to, he'll live up to what he's being paid. And people are, well, you know. The last month, or three months ago, or, you know, in June when they needed leadership. What's he going to do next year? What's he going to put yourself on the line next year? Whoever the guy is. Michael Rucker. Oh, Cubs are DFA because he has an ERA over seven. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, they, they've got a DF, or they've got a non-tender somebody. You know, not DFA them, but, you know, non they're going to have to non-tender some guys. And if someone makes an effective case for the Cubs ought to non-tender Adam Morgan because this reason and this reason and this reason, okay, that's fine. No problem. But don't tell me about the past. Tell me about why next year he would not be a good half. And when people tell me Ian Happ shouldn't be on the team next year because of Jason Hayward, ah, You've just, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, your, your, your opinion no longer counts. <sighs> Rather a quiet night, but I, it, it's one, it, it's one of those, I, I'm happy with a quiet night like this. Um, on the Mesa side, I'm not going to come back for the Mesa game. It's about over, and I think I can finish things off based on what's happened. Um, Mesa is losing into the eighth inning, four to two. Kevin Alcantara tripled and scored. Mesa has about ten or eleven hits, some somewhere in that range, somewhere in that range. 
Um, just haven't finished stuff off. But but tonight for Mesa, it's the pitchers. It's the pitchers. It's the pitchers. Jason Adam coming back from a horrible, gruesome, grisly injury in Iowa. One inning, two hits, one run, one earned run, no walks, one strikeout. Cool. He's back. He's pitching. He's alive. He's doing things. Luke Little, left-handed reliever, fourth-round pick, 2020. First inning tonight, one inning, three strikeouts. Total line, two innings, three hits, one run, one earned, one walk, four strikeouts. Steps along the way. Luke Little, two innings today, fantastic, wonderful. Four strikeouts, wonderful. Chase Watkins, a left-hander out of Oregon or Oregon State, one of the two. Um, Left-handed reliever, might have some starter in him as a professional, not entirely sure. Tonight, two innings pitched, one hit, six strikeouts. His ERA in the Arizona Compound League is zero. He belongs a level up. I don't know if there's time to justify it. But um, Chase Watkins has done what he has needed to do. He's about ready to move up. Um, Players developing. Players are developing. And back at the start of the year, Myrtle Beach had a whole bunch of guys who, if they would go up against a good pitcher, much like the pitcher they faced tonight, they would score one run on three hits, and that would be the ball game, and they'd lose 12 to 1. Tonight they won 8 to 6. They have enough offensive chops. They're actually getting it done. South Bend did not score enough. They made five errors tonight. They deserve to lose. That said, they have a really impressive offensive lineup. Vasquez, Piango, Derna, Canario, Ball, Perlaza, Aliendo, Wyndham. I left somebody out. Oh, Slaughter. Left out Slaughter. Um, at some point when you get to the up, upper Advanced A level, Some every year, some players from some levels will get released. Some might not get released, but they're about done, um, approaching their best buy date. And some players will be replaced, which is to be expected. But right now, at least eight of the... South Bend hitters in the regular starting lineup should be playing in double ISO. You know, whether it will be in May uh, with Pablo Aliendo, they might leave him in South Bend a bit and then move him up. Um, Not quite sure how they're going to do that. But the players in low A ball look like, yeah, these guys should probably be in advanced A ball soon. The guys in advanced A-ball, yeah, these guys generally look like they should be in double-A soon. A decent chunk of the guys in double-A look like they should belong in triple-A, and that didn't that wasn't always the case, and that's with some of the guys in double-A have already gotten called up to triple-A. The Cubs' offense is getting better. The pitchers 
who absolutely fell apart due to injury this year. And they had to piece everything back together. They'd bring in a guy, he'd start doing well, and he'd be done for the year. Bring in another guy, he's done for the year. Finally, they pieced things together. Part of it was through the, uh, the trades. Bailey Horn has been fantastic. He's been fantastic as far as what's needed. You know, he, he's, not, uh, he's not going seven innings. He's not winning games, which, of course, would be better. But the Cubs got him for Ryan Tapera, three months of Ryan Tapera. If you're getting a guy in Bailey Horn who is upgrading the advanced A rotation and next year should upgrade the double-A rotation, and the year after that might be in triple-A. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for. And as they get to double-A, and as they get to triple-A, then you start paying attention more to the numbers. I don't even look at the numbers. Max Bain. Um, Cubs minor league. Rookie of uh, pitch, rookie pitcher of the month. I don't even look at his numbers. I don't even look at his numbers because if you're looking at numbers in low A or advanced A, you're basing it on something that why are you basing it off of that? Um, with Max Bain, with Richard Gallardo, with DJ Hers, they're getting their innings in. They're representing, and at some point next year, either both could logically be in double A. And once you start getting to double A, then you start eyeballing: Is this guy getting out still? Is this guy getting out still, or with the hitter, is he is he getting hits? Because when you have, and trust me, the the Smokies have been here many a time. You have. A guy who's regularly hitting, not this year, not this year, not this year. There have been numerous times through the last six or seven or eight years. Tennessee Smokies, their sixth hitter in the lineup regularly. He's the guy that's always batting sixth. You know, most nights, whatever position he's playing. He's hitting like 211. He's older than the league. And that's what you're starting at double A. Not what you want. Not what you want. What you want to have is guys in advanced A who, yeah, this guy might do it in double A. He might do it. You can't tell until he gets there. But the pipeline is advancing. It is developing. It's getting there. And <laughs> I had a, I, I like typing in Cubs trade on Twitter. And someone who is a Marlins fan, apparently there is a Marlins fan on Twitter, was talking about how upset he was with Jorge Alfaro at catcher and how they ought to trade with the Cubs to get Wilson Contreras for next year. I said, oh, okay, cool. What 45-plus guys are you offering? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to give you one pitcher. I said, dude, look at what the Cubs got for three months of Anthony Rizzo. Three months of Anthony Rizzo. Got Alexander Vizcaino, who's already pitching in 
advanced A. They got Kevin Alcantara, who met triple and ace tonight. Both very highly regarded prospects. If you want to give, you have to. If you want to get, you have to give. Now, I I, I don't know. This this might be one of those uh, kids who's like you know fifteen years old, living in his parents' basement, blah blah whatever. But you know, he's obviously not a major league executive or even thinking remotely like one. No, we're, I, I'm going to hostage take. I'm going to hostage take. We're going to give you one pitcher and that's it. But um, the pipeline's developing. It's not there yet. It's not there yet, but it's getting there. And it's kind of getting fun. All of the pipeline, especially the lower levels, especially the lower levels, they are prone to being very fun. And... The Smokies would ever get healthy, they could be quite fun as well. Um, The development, though. It's about the development. It's about the development for pitchers like Bailey Horn. It's about development for pitchers like Riley Martin. And... Hopefully, guys like Joe Nahas uh, having better nights than he did tonight. Um, yeah, generally it's fun. And sometimes you'll get a game where this game just turned ugly. I got to turn it off. That's fair. It's fine. It's fine. I got no problems with that. Because after all, there are some Cubs games that are like that too. Some Chicago Cubs games that are like that. The um, But no, the pipeline will determine the future success. The pipeline will determine the future success, not guessing right on the appropriate um, five or six year, $143 million free agent. That It's not going to be about that. It's going to be about how well does Alexander Canario develop? How well does Brennan Davis develop? How well does Ed Howard develop? How, do, how well does Kevin Made develop, all of them, all of them. How do they all develop? Do they generally tend to get better? Are the Cubs finding a way of keeping players more healthy, um, more healthy so they can keep developing as time goes on? Despite going one and four, it was a good night. It was actually a good night. And, you know, if... If Adrian Sampson would have come out and given up seven runs in a third of an inning and a third, if Adrian Sampson would have come on, come out, coming out, wow, that's not a word. Um, if Adrian Sampson would have come out and given up seven runs in an inning and a third, it would have been very easy to then say, nope, Adrian Sampson has not deserved a 40-man roster spot. He should not have a 40-man roster spot. It'd make it a lot easier, you know? It'd make it a lot easier if some of these players were playing their way out of roster spots, but they're not doing that. They're not doing that, and it is making the decision process very, very difficult, which is good. Sometimes difficult is good. Back in the day, boy, I was talking about back in the day earlier about how... And the Cubs had 
just absolutely horrible players at the major league level. Absolutely horrible players at the major league level. And, you know, there was no concept of, should this guy be retained? Uh, no, he shouldn't be. He should not get a 40-man roster spot over the offseason. He should not. And the offseason would come along. He would not get a 40-man roster spot. But looking at the roster now, looking at the players now, it's really difficult. It's, go it's going to be possible, but it's going to be really difficult getting it below 36, 38 players. It's going to be really difficult. And getting it below 36 or 38, uh, get, getting it below 37 or 38 is going to be about essential. But it's going to be hard to do. And there may be a player that does get non-tendered, that gets picked up by another team. But that's fine. The goal is to make sure that the ones that shouldn't get away don't. Then do the same thing with the... November 19 players, the players who are eligible for um, the Rule 5 draft, and then doing the same for the December 3rd, December 4th players who are getting tendered contracts or non-tendered. Tonight would have been a whole lot easier if Adrian Sampson had come out and just absolutely laid an egg. But he didn't. He pitched fairly well. Um, I think you got to give him the ball in five days. Give him another chance, and then 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 give him another chance. Because one night is not going to prove it. One night is not going to say whether a guy belongs on the 40-man roster or not. You can't get a bad night from anyone. One night's not going to do it. Um, nights like tonight don't make it easier. They don't make it easier. But at least the 34, 35, or 36 guys that will be on the 40-man roster will probably deserve it. There have been a number of years where there have been a number of players where you would look at the 40-man roster and seriously question, why is this guy here? Why is this guy on this 40-man roster? I'm not looking forward to walking in to the offseason with only two catchers on the 40-man roster. And only one of them likely to play at the major league level next year. But the decisions, the decisions continue. The decisions continue. And afternoon game tomorrow, right? Afternoon games rock because then the afternoon game gets over and I can pay attention more fully to the pipeline at night. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great rest of your week and be safe, be nice to others and enjoy a good game this week.